In my waking subconscious, I've taken the step over this threshold countless times. With every successful stride comes countless possibilities of what awaits on the side opposite the confident safety that comes along with my established experience and hardwired training instilled through dedication and resolve. Through reliving an infinite number of possibilities across an infinite number of lifetimes, I've seen glorious triumphs and elation-imbued jubilation. In an equally existence-decaying timeline, I've also engaged in conflict that had usually been reserved for heroes of ancient epic, whose exploits would be remembered across an eon's epoch. One incessant, eternal factor would remain invariably consistent, however. The only truth that my incalculable footfalls would exhibit was the truth that the evil that awaits my arrival each and every time was an arrogant wickedness. An obscene beast the likes of which I'd never set eyes upon even in my darkest, most terror-filled nights. Yet somehow, this egotistical werewolf of miscreation possessed a face I had become so intimately familiar with I could scarcely recollect the features of my own. His dripping visage burned deep into the window of my mind. My self-imposed eschewing of a wholly deserved ending of calm restfulness had been replaced with the obsession to fell this monster as I uncaringly damned the toll to be paid of my own soul and flesh. To deliver justice and closure to the horror he's wrought upon us all is an all-encompassing endeavor. A righteously trained target my gaze will not be diverted from. An ending, I feel, can be written by my hands alone. An obsession unlike any I'd ever experienced. One I believed unrivaled until the day the abomination had been in reality met. Under the moon I saw you So soon you'll take me Up in your arms too late to beg you Cancel it though I know it must be The killing time Unwittingly my fate Up against your hill through the thick and the thin You'll wait until You give yourself to him What is up in the world of life and stuff that brings you down? Um, well, hmm. it's raining outside over here in good old rising fawn, Georgia Is so, it raining men? Is it your, your, your preferred version of rain? Hallelujah. I mean, there's always a bunch of men at a fucking truck stop, but ugh, that's not my version of hallelujah. Ugh. Not anymore. Not after that one time. I hear you. <laughs> Truckers, as a whole, are not a loving bunch on the whole. Well. I mean, they're, they're busy. You know, they have work to do. They have places to go. People to um, uh, rape and murder and dump on uh, the road, side of the road before they leave state or in a ta truck stop in nashville mm, mm. that's probably the sexiest sentence i've ever heard <laughs> oh we'll get to him i'm definitely mm. gonna do him oh i'm gonna do him real good i don't doubt that one second chris not for <laughs> one tiny little second <laughs> not changing the subject whatsoever i will say welcome to another just, you wait. This is going to be a good one because episode of See No, Hear No, Speak No. The UFOs, the conspiracies, 
Oh, man. Because, because, because. The Moidas. <laughs> That's right. And today, we will be... <sighs> we'll be chatting. We'll be coffee-talking it up about the finally final reaming in Albert Fish's life, which he does not have um, the reaming control over, I suppose. You know, if we were in Boston, we'd be Kathy tacking. Um, but we're not. <laughs> in Boston. And I'm pretty sure I hate you now. <laughs> Shut up, you fucking cacksacker. What's a what's a a, a cack soccer? What's a cack soccer? Cack soccer. People in Boston are stupid. People in Boston are so funny. <laughs> well, people from everywhere are so stupid, but <laughs> no doubt about that. But Boston, you I hold guess. a special 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 place in my heart because of I don't know uh, the uh, what was that movie with Matt Damon? Matt Damon. <laughs> Goodwill hunting. That's I don't the one. Them apples, Will. <laughs> Everyone loves apples. That's Apple that's ridiculous. Bitch. Everyone loves apples, and a young mini driver. Mm. Man, I just mm. I'm still confused about her. So, on that perfectly, perfectly, perfectly set up segue that Chris just gave us. We will now continue with uh, the trial of the Albert Fishman. Fishman. Which was one of my favorite uh, B-movies from the 40s. Fishman. Albert Fishman. Fishman. Little did did people know he was a Jew. He, He did think he was Jesus Christ. Albert Fishman. Um, none of that, none of that's true except for the Jesus part. Um, so, <laughs> uh, the trial for this, uh, this, this, this gray man, this wolf who was aware in Wisteria. In Wisteria. This maniac of the moon for the premeditated murder of Grace Bud began on Monday March 11th, 1935. It happened in White Plains, New York. And it happened in the cozy, cozy confines of Justice Frederick P. Close. His courtroom. And I think we all know a little bit about Justice Frederick P. Close. In that, he don't take no job from nobody. Hmm. Hmm. I was going to say, uh, he tends not to, uh, get backsplash of urine on his pants. Well, you would have been wrong. Hmm. Well, as the name suggests, I, wow, what a dick. Yeah, it's weird. He, uh, it's everywhere all the time. (laughs) Oh, man. So, the, the chief assistant DA... Um, the ADA, if you will, uh, if you're nasty, um, (coughs) attorney Elbert, which is just the best name. That is just the best. That's the best name from the thirties ever is Elbert, Elbert F. Gallagher. 
which it's weird. Uh, I did a little bit more digging into him, and he had his own little obsession, uh, which is, and he it was uh, roller skating and sledgehammers and 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 watermelon. Um, and a twin brother. No, no, mm-mm. no. Are you sure? I'm I'm one hundred percent positive. Oh. Nowhere in there did it say anything about a twin brother, except that he had murdered him in utero. He was in charge of the prosecution, and a, a Mr. James Dempsey was the defense attorney. A Dempsey, will... I say Dempsey. You're That's right for the court, if it pleases you. Uh, well, really, Foghorn, if it pleases everyone, because it will. <laughs> it will certainly, certainly please. Um, so Dempsey, his his whole plan for his whole defense of Albert Fish was to attack the competence of the uh, the, the the psychiatric hospital alienists, which I didn't know was a word, and neither did Chris till we he looked it up before the show. <laughs> and not only is it a word, but it means uh, a psychiatrist who uh, uh, talks about people in court. <laughs> so exactly as <laughs> the topic suggests. <laughs> we were both like... <laughs> That can't be right. That's got to be misspelled. That's got to be like analysis or something. No, we're the dummies. We have told you before that we are the dummies. One of us is even a big enough dummy to say the word analysis, but uh, we're not going to point things. Analyst. Fuck yourself. (laughs) So so his defense attorney's plan was to to be like, the, the dudes in the Bellevue Hospital that were supposed to observe him in 1930 fucking declared him sane which is obviously not true so he also planned to establish that fish was suffering lead colic which Mm. is a dementia that often was suffered by house painters of the time because literally everything back then was just soaking in fucking lead. You know, now that I think about it, it, it was probably uh, not only house painters, but uh, the kids who pumped the gas at the full service stations before it went all unleaded and shit. <clears throat> and uh, people that uh, made pencils, most likely. God. We're not going to talk about the pencil people. We have not to- on today's episode. We have to save that for a special occasion. That's oh, right. Chris, happy 50th episode real quick. Hell no, this motherfucker gets 48, 49, and 50. But and yes. I had number one, mm-hmm. and number and number 10, mm-hmm. and like I'm, I am a milestone-stealing motherfucker is what somehow, I am. Somehow, it keeps working out that way, but yes, indeed, happy. Well, there's no somehow, I, I'm the one that gets to hit record. So, mm. Gallagher's key strategy He's a strategist uh, was, is what he's saying, kids, and uh. Basically, in not so many words, I get the shaft. I think that was just enough. That was just enough words. I think. (laughs) Fine. So Gallagher's strategy was summarized early uh, by saying, "Now, in this case, there's a presumption of sanity. The proof, briefly, will be that this defendant is legally sane." And that he knows the difference between right and wrong and the nature and quality of his acts. 
that he is not defective mentally, that he had a wonderful memory for a man of his age, that he has complete orientation as to his immediate surroundings, that there is no mental deterioration, but that he is sexually abnormal, that he is known medically as a sex pervert or a sex psychopath, that his acts were abnormal, but that when he took this girl from her home on the 3rd day of June, 1928, and in doing that act, and in procuring the tools which he killed her bringing her up to bringing her up here to Westchester County and taking her into this empty house surrounded by woods in the back of it he knew it was wrong to do that and that he is legally sane and should answer for his acts well the defense attorney uh then focused on Fish's strange life and self-flagellations with uh, his his little paddle with the nails and needles, and then he brought up his competence as a father and love for his children, where he says, in spite of all these brutal and criminal and vicious proclivities, there is another side to him. Also, been... I say also, Your Honor, uh, <laughs> the prosecution is a dick. <laughs> That'll be all. I, I, I rest. this courtroom's a fart um uh son of a bitch i lost my place uh uh, in spite of these brutal criminal and vicious proclivities there's another side to this defendant he's been a very fine father he never once in his life laid a hand on one of his children he says grace at every meal in his house In 1917, when the youngest one of his six children was three, his wife left him, and from that time down until shortly before the Grace Bud murder in 1928, he was a mother and father to those children, which means, kids, that Fish was technically a hermaphrodite. Such bloody, bloody breast milk. He closed his remarks by reminding the jury that it was up to the prosecution to prove that a man who killed and ate children was a sane man. I I'm um, gonna say I'm gonna say good luck because that does sound pretty crazy to me. Uh, but you know who knows? I don't know where this story goes. How about you, Chris? <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna say that I don't for the I mean, sake of the show. And, I mean, Albert uh, Fish is still alive and well, correct? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, he's uh, yeah. yeah, he's kicking it in. In uh, Fort Lauderdale right now. I heard he was the Sherman in Sherman Williams paint. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I heard he got himself a nice little uh, southern bow tie and a white suit and uh, created a secret blend of herbs and spices. Oh, my God. <clears throat> That's what Such I bad eyesight. <laughs> Such bad eyesight. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, when they started calling... Uh, Witnesses, I guess. Not, well, not really witnesses, but, uh, you know, people to give testimony uh, against Albert. Uh, Grace's parents and brother, Albert Jr., testified. Uh, Dempsey seemed pretty fucking determined to make the point that the parents gave their consent for Grace to go to a birthday party with Fish. Um, but when it came time for uh, for her, her daddy, her fucking, you know... Papa Dirty stuff to go up and testify. Mm-hmm. He just fucking he got he just started to weep. He just started to fucking weep loudly. Oh wow. Yeah, like <laughs> And what's crazy is like uh I don't I'll, I'll 
try to find the picture again to show you, Chris. But like I, I've seen a picture of of um, of uh, her, her mother and father waiting to go into the courtroom, and the dad is like this tiny, skinny, little, meek man. And God damn it, if the mama ain't a brick fucking house, Chris. So cliche. She is like um that back then no that was mm. that was showing love to nerds or, or you know i mean survival and of the I, fittest well, i guess she wasn't a brick house as in like ooh look at them boobies and butts no 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 i i, I remember last episode <laughs> i remember Jeez. <laughs> she was the whole house she was a special lady and the she bricks. sat around the house <laughs> man the kids today will never know Um, so mm. on the third day of the trial over, uh, serious fucking objections of the defense attorney, a box of Grace's remains was brought into the courtroom as evidence. And while detective King recreated fishes from fishes confession, how the girl was killed. Um, Gallagher reached into the box and held out the small skull of Grace Blood. You know what, man? I, mm, I, I, there's, there, uh, I try not to put myself in certain headspaces when we're talking about shit like this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, when you mentioned that the dad just starts weeping loudly in court when it's his turn to go up, like, I, I just, man, I can't. I'm, ser- I'm seriously imagine. hoping that he wasn't in court that day. Or, shit. Probably worked better for the fucking the uh, uh, the attack attorney. Listen, that's those what I, that's, that's what I like calling them. Since they call the other ones defense, I like calling I like calling the prosecution <laughs> the attack. Right, but uh, I, I would be in contempt for real. I would be I would be mm, I don't know if there would be anything that could hold me back from from trying to jump a railing or two. <clears throat> like I I'm just surprised that uh, that that Mama Cass didn't fucking go over to him and, and really give him one, too, you know? You know, and, st- like, things like that, like, when I think about it, it, it reminds me of, uh, you know, the very famous scene that you always see when you watch um, or uh, documentaries on uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, and the one the one girl who's flipping out that he killed her brother and stuff. <sighs> and, uh, right. I mean, if that's all that your rage and contempt... Uh, can get out then more power to you because <clears throat> I just don't know what I would be capable of in, in with such feelings and such um, and hopefully we never have to know oh hopefully, for sure for sure <laughs> hopefully you never have to attend my the the, the trial of, of my murder Indeed. and have to sit there and listen to the gruesome details about how I was I was taken before my time by the avalanche of beautiful naked ladies. I will do my best to outbid all of our listeners for your skull, I promise. I I insist it become an ashtray slash cereal bowl. Yes. Yes. I'm gonna be jamming some crunch berries out of that motherfucker, let me tell you. You're not the first person to say that to me today. So <laughs> well, Um The uh when when fucking Gallagher pulls out this goddamn uh small skull of course, it was a, f- a fucking dramatic moment in the trial in general, uh, but it, I I actually do think it was a little unfair mm-hmm. in that it that's very, very manipulative um, 
to, to I, I mean, I don't know. that, But Dempsey thought so as well, so he sought a mistrial. Which, <clears throat> guess what, buddy? Uh, go fuck yourself, apparently. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so, uh, Dempsey then focused on the cannibalism issue as a uh, central part of his defense of fucking Fish's insanity. Because that's really what he was trying to defend, was, was Fish's insanity, not his fucking sanity. Uh, and it was pretty clear early on that he was trying to really get out there that Fish had eaten parts of her body, something that no sane person would do. But you would think. there was there was kind of no way to actually prove that Fish actually did what he said he did with her body, other than taking Fish's word for it. And he's insane. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a catch-22. You're trying to say this man has lost his fucking mind. But he totally did exactly what he said he did with her body. Because he... Because we can trust him. Because um, he's lost his mind. Wait. Forget I said that. Let me go back. (laughs) Think about it. And then he just runs out of the fucking courtroom. They never see him again. (laughs) You heard me wrong, boy. What I said was. <laughs> That's right. I said, fuck you. Fuck you, son. Um, <clears throat> fish, fish, of course, being fish, completely indifferent throughout the entire trial. It was like he was sitting at the park watching fucking birds eat bread and shit. Except his dick wasn't out masturbating because he just imagined the pain that the bread was in. Hmm. Um, the pain the bread was in? I would Although, think he'd be imagining the pain of sticking a pigeon in his ass. Oh, uh, no, he wouldn't be imagining that. He would be experiencing that. <laughs> so at one point, he did, although, express to his attorney that um, he had a desire to live, uh, to have life in prison, because God still had work for him to do. Which, mm. I mean, we're going to have to have a chat with this God guy, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he has obviously got his priorities all mixed up and don't know what to do next thing he's going to turn around and find the person is you when you try when you've tried everything for you know a a couple thousand years or whatever uh with population control and stuff sometimes you know you just you make a human joke it's funny to him i bet oh yeah because he's like i'll just make more of them whatever Mm -hmm. um and so you know it's uh the it's better control the population. Or she. Um, I, I mean, I'd like to be PC about this. Oh, no. It, it is for sure Alanis Morissette, like for real. Um, <laughs> that frightens me on so many levels. <laughs> she had sex with Uncle Joey from uh, from Full House. That's what that whole uh, her whole famous album's about, is her relationship, her teenage relationship with Uncle Joey from Full House. No bullshit. Look it up. No, I know. know. Would she go down on you in a theater? (laughs) Um, because apparently she will. Um, I always thought she had a cross-eyed teddy bear. Is what she was talking about there. But uh, yeah, I mean that technically, I guess, would make pretty good sense too, Chris. It wasn't for years later that I figured out what she really said. But okay, continue. I'm sorry. It's ironic, don't you think? Mm-mm. Um, so Dempsey then put 
uh, as many of Fish's kids on the stand as he possibly could to testify to his bizarre behavior, uh, which was, you know, along the lines of self-flagellation, sticking needles in his body, and his his uh, feverish religious delusions. But Daddy they, only did it to himself. Yeah, but they, they then also testified that he was a, a good father who always provided for him and never physically abused them. Um. Mm-hmm. And then this is fun, right? Because uh, to further demonstrate Fish's strange behavior, Dempsey called to the stand a woman who had received several obscene letters from from Fish. Uh, the courtroom was cleared of women as Dempsey read the obscene correspondence. Oh. Because we don't need bitches getting the vapors up in here. <laughs> <sighs> I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I say. Another witness... Uh, a, a, a woman named Mary Nichols, um, who was Fish's 17-year-old stepdaughter, described how Fish taught her and her brothers and sisters a game. He went into his room, and he had a little pair of trunks, brown trunks, that he put on. Mm. He put those on, and he came out to the front room, and he got down on his hands and knees, and he had a paint stick that you used to stir paint with. Mm. Mm-hmm. He would give the stick to one of us, and then he would get down on his hands and knees, and we would sit on his back one at a time with our back facing him. Then we would put up so many fingers, and he was to tell how many fingers we had up. If he guessed right, which he never did, we weren't supposed to hit him. Sometimes he would even say more fingers than we really had. Oh, no. And if he wow. guessed, and if he didn't guess right, we would hit him. As many fingers as we would have up. Wow. Sometimes a hairbrush was used instead of a paint stick. Also, he uh, he would, like I said, stick fucking goddamn needles under his fingernails in front of the kids. That's so but, fucking disturbing. But what a wonderful God-fearing father he was at the yeah. same time. Oh, yeah. <sighs> God-fearing so, and God-loving. Signs of... Psychoses. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it goes a little past a red flag. I think we're in like, you know, Defcon plaid over here. Ooh, wow! They went plaid. They went to plaid. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. Smoke them if you got them. Eventually, Dempsey had a chance to attack the prosecution alienist, Dr. Charles Lambert. After a three-hour interview with Fish, pronounced him a psychopathic personality without a psychosis. <clears throat> because that's a thing. Um, Dempsey asked Lambert. Mm-hmm. Chris. Dempsey asked Lambert. Oh, did he? Uh, well, I wasn't keeping up. My bad. Okay. I see One. now where the paint stick is. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Fuck you. Dempsey asked Lambert. Assume, I say assume, that this man not only killed this girl, but took her flesh to eat it. Will you state that the man could for nine days eat the flesh and still not have a psychosis? To which Lambert answered. Well, there's no accounting for taste, Mr. Dempsey. (laughs) Dempsey then persisted. Tell me how many cases, in your experience, 
you have seen people. Wow, that that's a weird statement. You have seen people actually <laughs> who actually ate human feces. Oh, I know individuals prominent in society. One in particular that we all know who used it as a side dish in his salad. Lambert remarked casually. <laughs> I, and you know there were there were just people like ah, ha, 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 and like just like doing those weird little old lady hands to each other like ah, ha, ha. and okay so Dempsey uh, <laughs> did uh, he kind of failed there because boy was Lambert like he was just trying out his fucking five minutes for his new fucking walk on stand up routine um, to which he failed miserably. Oh, it was wonderful. So Dempsey did have better luck with one of the other defense alienists uh, who would say that he saw signs of psychosis in his behavior. Um, the trial only lasted 10 fucking days. 10 days. And the jury took less than an hour to reach the verdict. Jeez. And when that foreman, well, the, the judge, who is P-close, when he was like, Foreman, have you reached a verdict? The foreman stood up and said something that the judge did not expect. No. He said. Didn't expect at all. He said, yes, we have reached a verdict. And the judge was like, home alone phase. Ah, what? Already? And stuff? We find the defendant guilty as charged. Oh, man. <sighs> so, I'm going to ask you a question now, uh, Chris. Do, do you think Fish was happy? That he had been found guilty, which meant that he had been found sane? Or do you think he was sad? Hmm. Um. I think he was sad because he his job for God was not yet finished. He had so much more poop to eat. Yeah, 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 yeah. So many more little boy taints to prickle. I mean, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's there's lots prickle of kids and out pickle. There. Hmm. People are forever having kids. Peewees and whatever the fucks they are. Mm. Mm. Monkeys, no. Monkeys, monkeys and peewees. Lord, you're a fucking seventy year old man. Ugh. Penis and testicles, dick and balls, bait and tackle. <laughs> never <laughs> twig and giggleberries. Never ever ever monkey. And whatever the fucks. I can't why can't I only remember one of them at a time? It's weird. It's always the op- the opposite one from last time. <laughs> peewees. Monkeys yeah. and peewees. Oh, god damn it. That's the rule so, from now on. So no, he he was not happy with the verdict. You are correct. Um but um the prospect of being electrocuted did uh I mean it had its appeal to him. Yeah, it probably gave him half a, a three quarter mass. Half, huh? Yeah, a half to three-quarter masked chubby sitting in the fucking courtroom. Which he probably stood up and showed everyone. Oh, buddy. Mm. You know, not everybody, Chris, gets chubs at the slightest slight of a slightest. Man, I mean... See a doctor. He probably wished that it would that, that it would be a child throwing the switch on him. But, um, oh man, what if he was a Make-A-Wish child and that was his Make-A-Wish wish? Oh shit, we would definitely do an episode of that guy. Oh man, if any of you uh, super fan Make-A-Wish kids have balls, you give us a call. We'll help you out. <laughs> we'll help you out. Um, 
So uh, there was a, a Daily awful. News report that wrote <laughs> that his, his watery eyes gleamed at the thought of being burned by a heat more intense than the flames which he often seared his flesh to gratify his lust. Good lord, the man is a poet. Man, uh, fucking newspaper writers back in the day were not fucking around. Oh, and I meant I meant to say, uh, actually, his watery eyes gleamed at the thought of being burned by a heat more intense than the flames, which he often seared his flesh to gratify his lust. Much better, and uh, also it kind of took away some of the romance of it. I expect so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Fish then thanked the judge for a sentence. Of death by execution. Huh. Thanks, Judge. Um, which, you know, um, I mean, I guess sometimes you got to be like, uh, you know, you got to roll with the punches, you know. Have we which, talked about another one who's ever thanked the judge? Have we talked? Like, there has to be somebody else. Um, I mean. But I feel like that's a pretty rare thing. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody's ever been like, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> no, I don't nice think so. Nice meeting all of you. Yes. Um, I will see you all in your nightmares tonight. <laughs> um, man. <laughs> How true that really is, though. What a fucked Very, up statement yes. that would be. God. I'll see you in your nightmares for the next 20 years. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, the people that were on his fucking... Oh, my God. The people that were on the tr- the jury the tr- for the trial... Uh, God damn. God damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, if, I don't know how being on a jury works. Like, do, do they know it's about to be, when they're called into jury duty, do they know it's about to be, like, the most awful shit they've ever heard in their life that they probably well, I mean, will have to seek fucking, uh, what they, you call it, help for? When <laughs> I mean, they do, you know, jury selection, which they kind of prepare you for. Like, you know, oh, hold on. Ow. Remember in, uh, the crazy Australian lady episode uh-huh. where they, you know, a lot of people got out of it because they they did not want to see pictures of the the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, they, you so, gonna see some shit. You gonna hear some. You shit. gonna see some shit. Uh, um, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, all we can do to uh, repair you. It's uh, it's good stuff, man. Mm. It's just it's, it, but. Mm. I don't. I see. I'm. I'm hard pressed to 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 think that I would want to stick around for such a thing. But at the same time, like that's. I don't know. I don't know if they tell you like, hey, look, like this is some record breaking shit here. Um, you know, you you might okay. be partially famous it's, after this. <laughs> but you'll never, ever, ever, ever be able to eat pot cheese and strawberries again. Never. <laughs> never ever. Oh, man. Ouch. My pinkies. Um, now that we kind of, you know, hop, skipped, and jumped through the, the trial itself, I would, I like, I'm, I, I need to read you um, <laughs> uh, his defense attorneys. Um, wait. Uh, okay. Calm down, Jason. Calm down, Jason. I would like to read you the assistant district attorney's Opening statement. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Chris, that okay. guy's a dick. Mm-hmm. You're a dick. You're a dick. You don't know what's going on either. Just like this guy. Um, 
So, <clears throat> uh, he told the jury what happened the Sunday morning that Little Miss Grace Bud, which I, God, I really hope that this isn't the most terrible thing in the world for me to say, but apparently the sexiest 10 year old girl that's ever walked the earth. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> that might not be the most awful thing you've ever said. Uh, it's close. Yeah, I'm um, gonna have to do some research on that. I'll get back to you. Uh, so <laughs> this is this is what this is the story he tells of that day in his opening statement. In 1928, the people will prove there lived in the city of New York the Bud family. They lived at 406 West 15th Street. They lived in a small apartment in the rear of an apartment house. There was the father, Albert, the mother, Delia. There was Grace, there was Edward, and several other families, or family members, which is kind of a really dickish way to be like, there were some other fucking people too. Ed Bud was looking for a job, so he made application to the New York world to have them put an ad in their newspaper that said... um, Youth, 18, wishes position and country. Signed, Edward A. Budd, 406 West 15th Street. Today, people usually keep their address out of the classifieds because people today sometimes don't like to be stalked and murdered and raped. Yeah. That wasn't part of his, his opening statement. That's that's me breaking in to be like, don't do that. Don't just... Yeah. Don't... Uh, Boy, I needed money. So, so Chris's address is. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't matter. I'm uh, at home. Shut up. Uh, so his his statement continues. Um, while, well, yeah, well, you know, he talks about uh, just, uh, just summarizing, just you know, how everything got to the dinner and how he got to meet Grace. Mm-hmm. So while she was sitting there. He said to the Bud's parents that his sister was giving a birthday party for her children up at 135th Street in the city of New York, and he thought it'd be nice if Grace would go along with him. He said that he loved children, he would return early that night, they needn't worry, and everything would be fine. They hesitated to let her go, but they eventually consented. It was a decision that her parents would regret for the rest of their lives because she never came home. Then many years passed before her family knew where she had gone and what had happened to her. But as the defense psychiatrist Dr. Frederick Wortham wrote in his book, The Show of Violence, he looked like a meek and inno- <laughs> he looked like a meek and innocuous little old man. Gentle and benel Okay. He the, this guy is an asshole cuz he's got like the 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 easy word for something and then immediately the tongue twister word for the same fucking word <laughs> let me start that over again he looked like a meek and innocuous little old man gentle and benevolent friendly and polite if you wanted someone to entrust your children to he would be the one that you would choose <clears throat> now jason here I don't like this guy telling me who I would fucking choose to leave my children with. Mm-hmm. Fair point. Step back. Step back. Dr. Fucking Wortham. What are you fucking worth, Wortham dick? Hate you. 
<sighs> yeah, that's you just don't do that to a mother. <sighs> so, hey, remember when we were talking about uh, Detective William F. King, mm-hmm. like the the super cop, the awesome dude, the 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 dude with the the big swinging man with the plan. Mm-hmm. The Pendulous. The Pendulous. <laughs> oh, man. I almost forgot all about that. <laughs> I, I just can't believe how many times I've said uh, New York City and, and neither of his, uh, neither of us have said New York City. Right. Right. Um, it'll happen, though. It'll happen organically, like 600 episodes down, down the line. We'll it's remember that. Insane. And we'll laugh and laugh. Um. So, the way that and, and and guys, I know that the the this has been a very pulp fictiony episode series, but I think the way I I like telling you what happened and then digging deeper into how it happened. So I'm doing this on purpose to you people because it's more like um you know uh. Slap bracelets bursting into flames? We'll tell you why tonight at 11. See? So you like know that, that sla- slap bracelets are bursting into flames and killing children, but you have to stick around to know what's coming next. It's very gripping. It's suspenseful, you know? It's a good tactic, sir. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's proven. It's a proven tactic. Mm-hmm. It is also... Um, fun to do to people because, because, uh, you know, uh, fuck everybody else. Well, it's kind of like playing to the fact that, you know, people's fucking attention span is, um, yeah, like a goldfish. Hmm. So I think it works very well. Poor, poor Mr. Albert Hamilton goldfish. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, Dick King, that's what I'm calling Detec- <laughs> Detective William F. King, is I'm going to say that because, I mean, Dick is short for detective, correct? Like like a, mm-hmm. like a pri- private detective would be like a private dick. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Public Dick, dick King. <laughs> he, uh, he never gave up on the Bud case. Like, he was on it from her, her, her disappearance. And he would... Every once in a while, he would uh, he would ask popular news, like media personalities, to run stories on her disappearance, and he like he hoped that eventually, seeing news about it, news about it, news about it, that that it would draw out the the kidnapper. And in 1934, his little plan finally paid off. So there was a popular newspaper journalist at the time named of Walter Winchell. And uh, he was actually one of uh, Dick King's, like, fucking, they, like, they held hands as they walked down the street because they were such best buds, but it was, like, totally, totally, totally no homo. Mm. Like, they were just, like, you know, the best of friends kind of thing. Strictly like, platonic. It, like, it, the way Chris and I are going to act when we finally, finally meet each other. <laughs> I have big plans, buddy. I have big plans. Um, <laughs> I'll wear a cup. <laughs> oh, please do. Uh, so, uh, just about everybody, including Ali Fishtifer, 
read Mr. Walter, Walter Winchell's column, uh, which was titled On Broadway. Um, and it was in the New York Daily Mirror, which is a huge fucking newspaper. On Broadway. Um, so he, here's a little expert. Expert. No, here's an excerpt. Why Why have two words so, so close word. to each other? One that means somebody that's that's totally, totally the best at something. And the other one that means a little snippet of. Snippet. Snip, snip. Snip, snap. I don't know. I've always, I've never liked that word, excerpt. It's such a so here's fucking an, shit. Here's, here's an excerpt mm-hmm. from, from his column from November 2nd, 1934. I checked on the Grace Bud mystery. She was eight when she was kidnapped about six years ago. And it's safe to tell you that the Department of Missing Persons will break the case, or they expect to, in four weeks. They're holding a... A, a cokey, which is a cocaine addict, hmm. now at, at Randall's Island, who is said to know most about the crime. Grace is supposed to have been done away with in Lyme. But another legend is that her skeleton is buried in a local spot. Well, Winchell, of course, made up the entire story to help Detective King. But as events transpired, uh, it became pretty fucking crazily true. Hmm. On November 12th, Grace's mother received a letter that would crack the case. Which I'm not going to fucking read again. (laughs) Yeah, please don't. (laughs) Oh, no, I mean, I'm going to read it again to you once the show's over in my sexiest fish voice. <laughs> hey, I can I can spell Albert Hamilton Fish with only one eye. That Fish. is gross. <laughs> and I'll thank you to be, a, needy, be a sweetie and wipe the CD when you're done. Oh, man, not going to happen. Um, so, so they get this letter, right? And, uh... God damn it. See, like, just fucking fuck you, letter. You guys remember it. I know you do. They they, they called up uh, the police and Detective King. Uh, and he was soon going to learn the truth to who the fuck this thing was. This thing being Albert Fish. Who the fuck he was. Because when he went and saw them, of course, uh, he did not call himself... Albert Fish, if you all remember that correctly. He called himself Mr. Bean or some shit. I don't remember. <laughs> but it wasn't his real name. I know that much. Mr. Bean. Uh, <laughs> I always thought that guy might be capable of some, some wacky shenanigans. But so never they children. They, they find out again that uh, the letter was sent on some stationery that was left by someone else... <clears throat> At a boarding house owned by Frieda Schneider. Um, and Fish had obliterated the return address on the pre-printed envelope, but he didn't get rid of the emblem that had the initials N-Y-P-C-B-A, which was New York Private Chauffeur's Benevolent Association. Nicely done. So Detective King wanted to know uh, if... Uh, the writer of the letter from hell was part of this benevolent association of chauffeurs from New York. That was also private. So he tried to match the handwriting of the letter with the handwriting on 400 motherfucking NYPCBA membership forms. 
Not a single fucking one matched. <laughs> so he's thinking to himself, did somebody remove the stationery? Did somebody steal it? Uh, well, yeah, the janitor had. Uh, and he had taken it to his his boarding room that he had lived in at 200 East 52nd Street, room number 7. So This motherfucker was just... Was he another one of those male lovers that we talked about? Who, King? Dick King? No, the janitor. What the fuck are you stealing stationery for? He, he can't be affording to buy writing paper on janitor fucking... Dude, come on. That's what I'm saying. Like, was he just a lover of male? Just because times are only half as hard as they used to be does not mean that it was not the fucking depression, Chris. He desperately needed those writing uh, utensils. He had his own obscene letters to send to ladies that he didn't know. (laughs) (sighs) Well, Miss Miss Schneider, Miss uh, Frida Schneider, who owned said boarding house was uh, predictably pretty shocked when Dick King questioned her about her tenants. Um, the description of the man that he was he was giving her sounded just like the man who had just fucking moved out of room number seven on November 11th. Man. Missed him by this much. Room number seven. Undaunted Super Cop King examined the boarding house sign-in log. The register handwriting... The handwriting on the register, even, uh, had matched the letter handwriting with one major difference, which was that the signature on the register was Albert H. Fish. That was a good sting. I liked it. Fortunately for the boys in blue... Fish had a reason to return to the boarding house because every month he received a paycheck from the North Carolina Civilian Conservation Corps from or for his son. I can never get that straight. Um, And he would certainly be back for that fucking $25 check because how else is he going to continue to chop off half penises and leave tens if he doesn't get the 25 first? Man. These unlucky male lovers. So King made the decision to wait for that day to come. Because he knew the check was coming. He knew Fish needed that check. Now all he had to do was buy it his time. Stake out time! The best part was that he really didn't have to wait that long. Um, No? No. Did he, like... (laughs) Did he even get to pee in one bottle? Uh, He stepped out for a smoke... And then, no, it was a couple. I mean, it was a little bit. It wasn't, like, crazy or whatever. <laughs> oh, so he ate all his snacks before, uh, <sighs> and, you know, had, a, like, a sandwich. I mean, you say all his snacks. He just bought he just bought some spicy peanuts from the gas station. It's not like, you know. Well, at least they weren't turds. Why would he buy turds? I mean, we've been talking about turd snacking most of the episode. You can't buy those, though. <laughs> you sure about that? Um, This is New York we're talking about. You know, you got me, I guess. That's right. You... Short curlies. You need to trim those, sir. Goddamn 
testy hair grabbing bitch. Um, uh, this, um, hmm. <sighs> Fuck, man. So, anyway. God damn it. I don't, though. I lost my place because you were being an ass. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <clears throat> you were somewhere around uh, <sighs> the stakeout. Oh, there was no stakeout. So stakeout what happened? And testy so what happened was, um, King was like, "Okay, so I know he's got to be back. Like, end of story. He's he's gonna be back for this fucking check." <clears throat> mm-hmm. And he gets a call from Miss Schneider, who is in quite the fucking fluttery flurry of of feelings, saying, "Holy motherfucking shit, he's here." She didn't exactly. Oh, wow. She didn't exactly say that. I'm paraphrasing. Sounds like she had a terrible poker face. Pa 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 poker face. So, King had told Miss uh, Miss Schneider to to hold the, uh, the the check, to hold the letter that was there for Fish, and call him when he came. So she made Fish a little cup of tea and said, "Oh, if you could just, you know, you go wait in your old room." And the we're, the mailman's late today. You know the mail. <laughs> uh, we all, we all know. Uh, you know people that love the mail, but there are people that 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 are not very happy with the mail sometimes either. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll let you know the uh, second it's here. So go have some I, some tea. You know. In that day and age, wasn't it? like never. Mind. No man. Never mind. <laughs> uh, darkest. Uh, Stormy rain and, and such nights and weather. It, it'll get there. I was going to make a feminist joke. No, I know. Against no, it. I know. So I, <laughs> I moved it the other way, and then you still made mention of the thing. So that's fine, though. Well, I had to. I had to. Uh, so King gets this fucking, he gets this letter, or not this letter, this call, and he fucking, like, he's got a goddamn jet engine in his butt just gets there like toot sweet lickety split fucking fast as his goddamn legs can carry him and he goes in he walks through this door Albert Fish stands up King asks him if he is in fact Albert Fish the murderer of Grace Bud Albert Fish nods his head yes and then reaches into his pocket and takes out a razor blade. Well, I cut you, man. King, having foregone retirement for his, for this shit, having lived, breathed, eaten, thought about this case and only this case for this ridiculously sexy little girl, mm-hmm. fucking grabs Fish's wrist and. <laughs> Twists it so sharply it almost snaps. The razor blade falls, and as he is detaining Fish, triumphantly says, I've got you now. Which sounds weak sauce as hell, but how amazing would that have felt to say that to the face of the fucking gray man? Yeah, I'm sure there was plenty of emotion behind that statement when he made it. Yeah, I probably... I've got you now! Yeah. That's probably not how it sounded. That 
<laughs> Probably not. That was that was bad. <laughs> that that was just that. You, you know, we were talking about 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 bad uh, foo flick uh, <laughs> dubbing. Right. That's it. That's it right there. <sighs> I got you now, you bastard. <laughs> you Manchus will pay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with us, man? Um, so he uh, he takes him in, and um, and the oh man, god damn, damn, damn. So remember how how his lawyer Foghorn Leghorn he really tried to push the whole cannibalism thing because he's like that's gonna prove he's fucking crazy. The man munches on butt cheeks, Your Honor. Bacon laced butt cheeks, Your Honor. I say. I mean, who says I say? <laughs> see the special man. That's for us down here. See the special man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's a good that's a good RV, Papa. That poor old um, man. Everybody's always kicking his tires. Um. <laughs> you got too many grandkids. I'm telling you. Oh man! So <clears throat> initially, uh, Dempsey had denied the claims of cannibalism, um, especially as he denied uh, involvement in the deaths of the other kids. Because as we haven't really spoken about, he was actually under indictment for the other two. Absolutely, he did a murders at the same time of. The Grace Bud He, he also rubbed his uh, mm. muddy feet on Eddie Murphy's couch. Which? Tried to deny it for so long. You do not do. Mm. And once you come clean with it, he'll be fine. But until you come clean with it, you're getting stabbed in the ass every single time he sees you. It's a tiny, li- tiny little knife, tiny little blade, but you're getting stabbed in the ass. Maybe that's Moral why he did it, show, though. Kids. That's probably why he did you it. You never know. Yeah. Moral of the show, kids. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. So have fun with it while you can. Um, Back to you, Jason. Yes, thank you. <laughs> oh, now you got me thinking about cocaine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not. Like I, have, I have a feeling that maybe we should record during the day more often. <laughs> this, is, uh. this is silly. Um, so... <clears throat> uh, the act of cannibalism really should have uh, sickened fish as much as it sickened fucking everybody, uh, because as 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 Dempsey fucking claims while he's denying everything, I don't know anything about those other bones they say they found. And cannibalism, the very thought sickens me. Ah, the very thought—I'd say the very thought sickens me, Your Honor. That fucking dog always barking at him. However, I have heard about this uh, dish where you, uh, you know, instead of breadcrumbs, you would use crushed up cornflakes or uh, perhaps, Your Honor, perhaps I say uh, perhaps some Doritos. Yes. And it could be tasty. And and I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what you use to bread the monkey and peewees is, is what he did wrong. You fry up the monkey and peewees in crushed up Doritos, <clears throat> and then uh-huh. you got good eating. eating. A nice light butter. You got good eating. You don't fucking just throw the peewees in the toilet. That's ridiculous. Nope. That's just a waste. Peewees and brown butter. That's like saying, 
uh, I'm not going to eat these monkey brains. Gross. And you throw them away. What's wrong with you? Monkey brains are delicious. So delectable. I've never had them, guys. I just watched Faces of Death when I was a kid. Ruined me for life. And... I never did. Really? Mm -mm. Most of it was fake, but some of it wasn't. I've never been into shit like that. I mean, neither was I, but I had uh, a a stepbrother who was uh, uh, a horrible psychopath when we were younger. He's since maybe chilled out a bit. I don't really speak to him. Uh, And uh, Mm. for some reason, his mother, I mean, we couldn't have been 10 years old uh, while we were sleeping over at his house, had rented all of the Faces of Death videos for us. Oh, my God. And we watched them. And we watched them. No, gracias, no. No. Son of a no, fuck. Chris, no, no. So, <clears throat> I since I gave you the ADA's opening statements, I really think it only fair to give you Foghorn's closing statements because they are. It's it is actually. I mean, he was a goddamn good defense attorney. It's just that these fucking people were not going to let Fish live after what he did. It, it just was not going to happen. And he, and he he knew it. He did. Because he says, In the course of human nature, ten of you twelve men will die in full possession of your reason and memory. When that hour comes, when the blood begins to congeal and the breath to fail, when death snaps one by one the strings of life, when you look back to the past and forward to judgment, remember Albert Fish, that when he was helpless and defenseless and pled with you for his life, that you said, let him live or let him die. And if you said, let him die, may he who breathed into your nostrils the breath of life judge you more mercifully than you judged this maniac. Oof. That was poetry. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, my goodness. As beautiful and poetic and strong as that was, it wasn't enough to save fish. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm sure it wasn't. The jury foreman read the verdict. We defined the defendant guilty as charged, and in the indictment, everything is fucking sweet and ready to go. It may have been enough to save him if he had killed and eaten an adult. Indeed. <sighs> but, 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 but this is the best part. Maybe an ugly kid. Is later, uh, one juror even told news reporters that most of the panel absolutely thought Fish was insane. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they all also thought that he should absolutely meet his end in the fucking electric chair at Sing Sing, which is Albert Fish's next fucking stop, and he would not be stopped very long at Sing Sing. Um, game we play. The Death House was a place where hundreds of people met their end in Sing Sing's electric chair. Death in the chair, which uh, bonus fact here, was invented by an employee of Thomas Edison. Surprise, surprise, he fucking had another psychopath under him. You don't say. I did. I absolutely did say. And will say again, in front of any court of law. (laughs) Is that what he used to uh, electrocute that elephant? Stampy? No, man. He just had, like, a thing on the ground that he fucked him up with. Um, Jesus. What did I do? What did I do? Wow. What just happened? Hmm. <laughs> oh, wait. I got it. Shut up. So. <laughs> We're going to glaze over that, boys and girls. Shut up. Um, so, he's he's awaiting. Uh, he's awaiting. 
right? He's awaiting and awaiting, awaiting death. Not mulatto, though. That wasn't a very good jingle. I'll work on it. Um, and what's crazy is that the the, the warden uh, of Sing Sing at the time, Lewis Laws, actually didn't support the death penalty. Um, but that's almost certain. That is almost certainly because he had overseen over three hundred fucking executions. In his time there. Wow. Yeah. That man was seasoned. Yeah. So legend has it that Albert Fish looked forward to this supreme thrill of death. But others, um, the other reports said that he, of course, didn't want to die. Um, if any of you kids listening out there um, are going to hell, make sure when you get there, you let Albert Fish know that everyone saw his nipples smoking. And I'm sure you will please him greatly. Hmm. Your nipples were smoking? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but I think that your nipples, they're, they're smoking a little bit. So... But, is that Fishman? Bye, Miss Fishman. Is that you? Bye, Mister. <laughs> oh God, his nipples! His nipples are smoking. And his mother, his poor mother, is so sick. Um, oh, it's <laughs> terrible for my asthma. <laughs> my glasses. Where are my glasses? Uh, my asthma is also terrible for my asthma. <laughs> we are terrible people for everything. <laughs> And I love it. I love every second of being a terrible person on the show because it's not like I can do it in real life to people's faces. So I can do it here behind their backs and feel better, just great about myself even. Um, That's right. Just here in their ear holes. So uh, Dempsey did try to uh, to request clemency to have uh, the death sentence repealed or taken away, whatever the fuck they call it these days or those days, whatever. Um, hmm. But the governor was like, eh, nah. <laughs> so uh, less than a year after his trial ham and eggs fish ate his last meal which was hopefully <laughs> ham and eggs and fish because they don't tell me what it is but son Dude, of a bitch you gotta go out like a, i mean be like you know what, what? i'm actually kind of cool with it <laughs> you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um but shortly after 11 p.m on january 16th of 1936 he was strapped down into the chair. <sighs> and his, uh, the guy, the fucking guy guy, the guy with the, the things, the guy that is like, um, I've killed over 300 people, <laughs> um, describes him at the end. At the sight of the electric chair, Fish did not qual as even the hardest men often did. Though he did not seem like someone who was looking forward to the supreme thrill of his life, hands clasped in prayer, he lowered himself into the chair and allowed the straps to be adjusted around his arms, legs, and torso. His face looked very pale in the instant before Robert Elliot, the gaunt, gray-haired executioner, slipped the black death mask over it. The leather cap with its electrode was fitted to the old man's close-shaven head. After fastening the chin strap, Elliot stooped to secure the second electrode to his right leg beneath the trouser slit. Then he stepped to the control panel. So, 
after the actual electrocution death of Albert Fish, uh, stories had circulated that the needles that were still embedded in his body had produced a, a burst of blue sparks when the electric the electricity was activated. No, but from where would those sparks appear? Probably Do you think? his 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 groinal area, I guess, around around the around the groinal. Um, what a hell of a show! <laughs> hell of a show! I expect so. Yeah. Hell of a show! He's quite the showman all the way down to his last day. Hi, I say, I say, have you ever seen blue sparks shoot from the groinal area of an elderly man with a walrus mustache? I expect maybe. Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> These are different. Those were different times, kids. They were different. Very times. different times. Oh, I miss him. Uh, so that was all bullshit. Um, he just died, like everybody else in the fucking electric chair dies. Which is, uh, with electricity. Yeah, probably, like, violently in the fingers, since his arms and shit are strapped down. Um. <clears throat> Those fingers clenching, though. No, nah, he just died. Oh. Yeah, he just died. Well, that's anticlimactic. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that, I mean, he, <laughs> he was an old man. He was a frail old man. Like, that's why the, the... The cover art for this week's final episode is what it is. I know that we've been... T- it took me a minute to figure out what it was the second <laughs> week, too. I, I, I noticed what it was after a minute. We, um, you know, we've been calling this man a, a straight-up horror movie monster for, for two weeks now. But in the end, he was just as weak and defenseless and enfeebled as all of his victims were. He... A lot of times, that's what it comes down to. He was an old, sad, bat fuck crazy man that it, you see him awaiting trial sitting on this bench and you just, you see a, the man, finally. You don't see the the scary gray monster coming out of nowhere. You don't see the 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 pleasure that he took in so much self pain and fucking non self fucking pain you see this sad old gray man that that a fucking toddler could walk up to and bitch slap and there'd be not a goddamn thing could be done about it i'm not asking anyone to feel sorry for him i'm saying that we take motherfuckers down a peg Indeed, that is one thing we do here. Because, um, yeah, a lot of times what it comes down to is that that's a weak bitch in the first place, and that's why they're trying to exert their dominance over their victims. And, um, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like when your mom says, well, you know, just don't give that bully the satisfaction of your anger or your tears, and eventually they'll fucking give up and go away. That may not have been true, or that may not be true for the killers we talk about, but at the same time, inside their heads, that's entirely true. You know, they're just fucking bullies. They're just right pieces. Right, they they are people shit. that can literally only take advantage of the take advantageable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> we do not condone such things on this show. No, 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 no. We insist Unless we insist that if Canadian. you are going to attack someone who does not expect this attack, that you be Robert and that attackee be Jesse fucking Ventura. <laughs> quote, That's right. quote unquote the bod. Um now nah, right. I remember last week I uh I said that, you know, we would touch upon uh his his what he was compelled to do and what he enjoyed doing and how the difference was made and why right jason you know you're playing right into his game that's exactly what he wants you to do well you know i got nothing for it um <laughs> you must like it i like lots of things chris don't judge me <clears throat> so when when super dick king he had just one one question um one final question which i guess is always true of final questions um because you can't have 10 final questions because then so anyway mm-hmm. what caused him to do this fucking horrible thing to grace bud so <clears throat> fish's answer was you know i never could account for it Captain John Stein then asked him why he had written the letter to the Buds, and Fish responded that he didn't know why. He says, I just, uh, I had a mania for writing. Hmm. Had a mania for writing. That's an interesting statement. Everything else, according to him, was fairly normal, but that, that he loved loved to write. He was a male-loving motherfucker. Fucker. You skinny gray cock sucking walrus. Um, oh, so crinkle blue suit. It's it's that day, uh, where you know he confessed to Grace's murder and and had no real answers for them as to why. That's when the police went to Wisteria Cottage and recovered Grace's remains. And Fish stood by, just no emotion, none, just <laughs> like he was probably. Um, singing the Popeye theme song and like trying to get the cops to get in on the doot doot part, you know, mm-hmm. they, j- right. they, I could see that. they were not having it. Um, so the, uh, he was interrogated, but really that was really loud. <laughs> uh, he was interrogated by uh, a, a different assistant district, district attorney. Uh, and, when he asked Fish why he murdered Grace, Fish explained uh, a sort of a, a sort of bloodthirst, but that once it was done, he had been overcome with sorrow. He then said, "I would have given my life within a half hour after I'd done it to restore it to her," which is really like the the fucking like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> Like whatever. Right. Oh, now so now you're a good guy after you you cut her head off and let her blood drain into a paint can while you fucking come over her body twice and then chop her into pieces and go home and eat them and then come back and fucking throw the rest of her remains over a fucking brick wall along with your goddamn tools. Fuck you. Yep. <laughs> yep. But now I play mm. the uh, the softy, the big <sighs> softy. He's such a softy. 
It hurts. Oh my God. It fucking hurts. And this is the this is fucking it disgust the shit out. This of is me. crazy and, too. And you would have the gall to say some shit like that. The night that his capture had leaked to the newspapers, a bunch of reporters, just like goddamn buzzards, descended on the Bud's apartment complex house, fucking hobble thing, and they were the ones basically to break the news to the Buds. And uh, shortly after that, as Super Dick King fucking is trying to get them out of there as, as quickly as possible, um, he drives uh, Mr. Bud and good old Eddie to the police station to identify fish. But Edward, uh, more than identified fish, he fucking went to beat the fuck out of him, yelling, you old, oh. yelling, you old bastard, dirty son of a bitch. Good for him. And Mr. Bud was surprised at Fish's lack of emotion. He says, don't you know me? And Fish politely answered, yes, you're, you're Mr. Bud. Hmm. And Mr. Bud says, and you're the man who came to my house as a guest and took my little girl away as he breaks down in tears. Please allow me to turn around so you can kick me in the anus please can i will you please just light light your shoe on fire first though please and um yes and and, and ask and ask a police officer if maybe uh you can borrow their their, their baton because um i don't think the shoe's really just gonna do enough for me that's right i'm talking about butt rape um <laughs> uh, sorry. now that <coughs> now that's the jingle um Shut up. <laughs> I think we can write it. I think we can write it. It's going to be great. <sighs> um, you know what, dude? <sighs> Fuck. I will end with... <clears throat> I will end... <laughs> with Fish's... Final statement... Final part of his statement... On the night of his arrest and confession. Because I honestly fucking can't take it anymore. Sweet. So, <clears throat> Fish said, I'm still worried about my children. You'd think they'd come to visit their old dad in jail, but they haven't. Hmm. Well. You delusional fuck. <sighs> it's, it's hard to know which side of the fence to stand on with that statement. Um... They're your six kids. Yes, you raised them. Uh, it wasn't exactly the cleanest, uh, sweetest fucking place to be as you tried to feed them raw meat and had their friends paddle your ass raw with a nail-studded paddle uh, till you were b- covered in fucking blood. And then that time, then that time that you wrapped yourself in a in a carpet and was yelling about being Jesus and shit. Um, you know, I think after they found out that yeah, for sure you. Uh, raped and murdered uh well well molested and mutilated and and flat out raped uh more, most likely uh most people think at at least over 100 children and uh and as far as we know absolutely 100% for sure uh murdered uh dismembered and ate three um but is suspected of at least three more because he was kind of the only suspect in those other three. And 
he also admits that they would probably do better to add uh, maybe 30 more onto that. Um, so, so your kids, uh, hear this and, um, and you're surprised that they don't want to come visit you in prison. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the side of the fence you stand on. Yeah. It's the, it's the, if it wouldn't feel so goddamn good to him, fuck him. Um, Mm -hmm. like I, I think the only way to, uh. I think literally the only way to punish Albert Fish would be to just not punish Albert Fish. Like like right. like give him like a like a a suit made of pillows and put him in a pillow room and just leave him in a pillow room and be like have fun in your pillow room fuck. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. I really think that's the that's the only goddamn way. It's, you do not put him in a cell with somebody like Carl Panzram. That's what oh, you don't. Oh no, that they would have been buds. I'm sure they would have. <laughs> I guarantee oh, they would. Oh man, God, they'd have been buds. That just mm. like I can only imagine the fucking mayhem. I don't think they ever would have left. No, they would have been like, you know, uh, I think this train yard is where we're gonna live now, and. Uh, mm. And this is it. You do that to me, and then I'll just be like, mm-hmm, all day. All day, every day. Like, and damn. I'm Carl, so I'll just continue to bring boys around. Fucking, uh, for some reason, boys want to hang out with Carl on my yacht. Well, boys, they want to have fun. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what that means. Um, Stay away from guys named Carl. Always. Always, there's two things that you should never trust that we have told you of. And number one is never trust a man named Carl. Number two, never trust the Germans. Um, the Germans. <sighs> oh, God, man. So, Chris, um, Albert Fish, fuck him or fuck him? What do you think? Uh,. I'm going to go with, uh, fuck him. Uh, 100%, uh, for the win, Bob. I mean, Jason. Um, I mean, I mean, I was, yeah. I was going to say correct, but, uh, it wasn't in the form of a sentence and everybody knows that today is, is Jeopardy day in America. And I believe in Ireland as well. Um, so then it needs to be in the form of a question. Uh, it needs to be in the form of a sentence question. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. I read that wrong. It needs to be in the form of a questionable sentence. Oh, okay. Um, when do we fuck him? Now, sir, is the answer. And that <laughs> was a very questionable sentence you gave me. Um, but, Sweet. But that's fine. We're good. I think that was actually perfect. I think that was... I'm known to follow hmm. rules. Uh, yeah, Chris... You know what, buddy? You know what? Um, happy fiftieth, man. Happy fucking fiftieth, indeed. I'm just glad we got a we we actually got an email from someone who before likes the fiftieth. She probably doesn't like yeah. us anymore. I haven't gotten one no. back. Um, and uh, and we did, we did say fuck the French Canadian quite a bit on the last one. I mean, I stand by it. Fuck you, French Canada. But I mean, we put her on the fence <clears> a little bit. Yeah. 
We can't be putting people on fences, man. That's just not a comfortable place for people to be. Oh, ask Vlad. He knows all about it. You've just listened to the 50th episode of See No, Hear No, Speak No. The UFOs, the conspiracies, and I know damn well we've talked about well over 50 murders. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, also, before we bounce, um, <clears throat> just wanted to let you guys know, if you want to get on our mailing list for uh, donating your skull to uh, have cereal eaten from it when you die, if, if you know... Um, it doesn't exist yet, but you can always mail us your info or uh, fuck yous uh, to snhnsnpod or at gmail.com. See no hear no speak no pod at gmail.com. I can't believe it, man. I got the one email and I'm like, I don't need any more. I'm good. <laughs> oh, man. I came through this time. Gross. Um, yep. Also, uh, shouldn't be wearing all that lace. You know, you know, I. Uh, it, it, it seems to escape me quite often that all of your stupid goddamn podcast listening apps and things have comment sections under them. Uh, <laughs> they totally do. Yell terrible things in them. Call us uh, a, a terribly uh, offensive racist names if you want. I will reply, I am the most busy yet got nothing to do man there ever has been. Oh, you want a reply from Jason. J- you do. Jason is a sweetheart while making So far everyone <laughs> while making you look assholey. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. great. So far everyone who's gotten a reply from Jason has just been tickled pink about it. Mhm. 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 Except uh, that one time uh well we'll talk about the FBI thing another time. Um <laughs> Countdown. Three, two, and a bilingual one. If you give yourself a true shit, I can Through the thick and thin, you will wait until you give yourself true shit. You give yourself to 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 shit.